Hey guys, welcome to A Dose, the podcast. This podcast is the medicine you didn't know you needed. We're going to be doing some healing, some loving, some growing, all while being transparent with ourselves and the people around us. Today is Friday, December 30th, and this episode is entitled A Dose of Independence, Part 1. Today's affirmation is, I define myself in the desires of my heart. I define myself in the desires of my heart. Today, we're going to be discussing choosing ourselves and the importance of distance. So guys, just a little disclaimer. I did get my wisdom tooth extracted this week. So if my voice sounds a little bit off, um, just bear with me. I am in a significant amount of pain, but... One of the pillars of this podcast is transparency and being real. And I really needed my wisdom to pull this week. So here we are. Choosing yourself and being okay with that is something that is very near and dear to my heart. I get really passionate about it. I got really emotional about it for the simple fact that it took me longer than I would have wished for me to come to that realization. It took me longer than I would have wished for me to understand the importance of choosing myself. And it is something that I'm continually working on. Because, of course, when you try to implement any new change or something that you are not used to in your life, it's going to be a little bit of friction. And choosing yourself can mean a lot of different things to different people. It can mean choosing yourself over the people around you. Choosing yourself over the negative voice in the back of your head or even choosing yourself over your own self-doubt. And everybody, of course, will take it a little bit differently. But as always, I can only speak to my personal experiences. To be completely honest, choosing myself is something that I'm fairly new to and something that has caused me at times a little bit of sadness and unsureness, a feeling of being unsure, a feeling of being unsteady for the simple fact that when you choose yourself, when you pick one option, there's always something that you're not choosing. There's something that's left behind that was not chosen. And sometimes the thing that's not chosen is something that you thought you needed as well. It's something that for a long time you put in front of yourself And so clearly that change in viewpoint is going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Change always is. It's going to come with a little guilt tripping. It's going to come with a little self-doubt. And if your life has been anything like mine, it's going to come with a lot of unnecessary opinions that you really don't need. For me, I feel like there has been a lot of small instances in my life that was a moment, was a split second decision of am I going to choose this or am I going to choose that? Am I going to choose myself or am I going to choose what's expected of me? And right now, the biggest example or story that comes to mind is my time in the military. So for any of you who don't know, 
Um, I'm currently in the military. I'm in the process of getting out, but I'm technically still currently in. When I was a senior in high school, I enlisted in the military. And immediately after high school, I went away to be in the military. It was a decision that caused me a lot of grief. I cried pretty much every other day from the time I enlisted, which was January 2019, to the time I went, which was July 2019, throughout the whole time I was gone, all of that. Like, it it was a lot. But at the time, it was a decision I made for me to get out of a bad environment, to get out of, I thought it would help me to get out of a depression, um... Just to be able to do something for myself, like I needed something to to get me to get me going. That was a decision. I I honestly don't know to this day. I don't know like how people around me felt about it. Um, cause nobody really like told nobody ever really gave me backlash for it. Um, to be completely honest, like a lot of people asked why, but never in a way that was like, oh my gosh, like that's what you're doing. Just all the questions that I got about it were mostly people who were concerned um, about me because like if you knew me growing up from like even elementary and middle school, like I always talked about going to college. I always had a plan as far as school, as far as career goals. But by the time that senior year approached, I just didn't have the opportunities and the support that I felt I needed. And that's how I ended up going to the military. During my time in the military, it was hell. To make a very long story short, it was hell. Mentally, emotionally, physically a little bit the physical part was nothing like the physical part was nothing compared to the other stuff that happened and so upon my return from advanced individualized training which is job training and coming back into civilian life it was like night and day like I felt like nobody understood me I couldn't relate to nobody. Everybody had like moved on with their lives. Blase, blase, blase. And so that put me in a very lonely, in a very dark place. That's, that's just, let's just keep that in the background, right? So I'm in this lonely, dark place. I feel like I'm by myself, right? And then this is COVID too. This is about March, April, 2020. So it's COVID. And the military is still expecting certain things from me. At this point, I'm in the National Guard, meaning I'm only supposed to have to go once a month. But I'm in constant contact with these people. They wouldn't know what I'm doing. They expect me to show up here, go there. And it just really wasn't given. Like, mind y'all, I said I went through hell while I was there, but I was stuck. Like, it wasn't nothing I can do while I was there. I couldn't have been trying to... I was trying to advocate for myself, but if you know, you know, like it's only so much you can do. But once I was back in civilian life and I kind of had a little chance to breathe and I was really looking at the world around me and it was like, you really out in this life shit by yourself now. It was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta choose me. 
And so I decided that the military was no longer for me. It no longer fit me. It no longer aligned with what I saw for myself. Now, to be completely honest, it probably never did. I probably was just doing what I had to do at the time. But once I came back, it really struck me like, girl, what is you doing? Life is too short, y'all. Life is too short to waste time, to waste energy on things that you feel in your heart is not right. Things that are unsettled within you. You, Y'all know the feeling that I'm talking about. Like, I'm talking about an immense amount of uncomfortable uncomfortableness. Like, you can't even sleep at night. That's the level of uncomfortableness I'm talking about. When it's not sitting right in your spirit, you have to call it out. You have to try to get it out of your system. And so... I came to a realization actually while I was watching a movie. It was a movie about these five black veterans and more of the story. They weren't being respected. Not then, not when they came back, none of that. And one of the things that I experienced while I was in the military was racism, sexism, um, prejudice against mental health issues, just a lot of stuff. And I felt like they didn't deserve me. They didn't deserve my time. They didn't deserve my energy. And I no longer wanted to put time and energy into a country, into an organization, into something that I felt like wasn't really a representation of who I was as a person. So I decided I was going to get out. Now, for those of you who don't know, getting out of the military is not like quitting a job. Like you sign that contract, you you signing your life. Like for however many years you signed for me, it was six. Like they feel like they got you. So this was not an easy decision to come to, but it was something that I had to do. I'm going to skip over like the boring uh, military, government, political, all of that stuff. But once I made it like once it became public knowledge or public knowledge outside of my own brain that I was interested in leaving the military, I felt all the judgment. I felt all the negativity, all the stuff that I said I didn't feel when I was originally enlisted came and came and came. Everybody was questioning me. Everybody was trying to downplay my negative experience. Everybody was asking me like, oh, what do you want to do now? Like, I wasn't that girl. Like, I didn't have plans. Like, I didn't have the right to choose myself. Y'all know how crazy that sounds? Like, just think about it. Somebody else... Even the implication from someone outside of you that you don't know what's best for you, that you don't know how to take care of yourself, that you don't deserve to choose yourself. What? That blew me. Now, mind y'all, I already told y'all I was feeling lonely. I was feeling misunderstood. I felt like I was by myself. And then that on top of it, it just made it worse. Like it was no, it was no way that I could have stayed in that space. 
that was one of the first times I had to be okay with choosing myself and when I really came to the realization of what it was because there was no doubt in my mind that I was getting out it was nothing nobody could have told me or said to me or guilt tripped me that I would have rethought like hmm maybe I should now mind y'all this was a tough very tough process I had to write a lot of letters I had to send it to a lot of people I had to ask a lot of high-ranking officials for help Starting with the letter that I wrote, like I was doubting myself, like, do this letter sound right? Like I needed it to be professional, but passionate. I was doubting my own abilities. Mind y'all, I I can write. This is not to sound cocky, but like writing in vocabulary words and communicating thoughts into sentences has always been something I'm passionate about. So... I could write, but it was like when it was for something that important and something for me, I started doubting myself. All the papers I had helped um, friends of mine write for college, all the all the stuff I had wrote, all the things I had revised, all of that went right out the window. It was like I was in K-5 learning the alphabet. I had to snap out of that, though. I had to just really get in my bag and get in my head and was like, boom, this is what we finna do. And I had to trust myself because I didn't have nobody to look over my letter or revise it or edit it at the time. Like it was really me choosing myself and being an advocate for myself because nobody can tell your story like you can. Nobody. And nobody can make the decision for you and for your life better than you can either. And sometimes the decision that you have to make for yourself is choosing distance. Distance is so important. It's so important. It is so often seen as, y'all, excuse me. It is so often seen as something negative. It's seen as something selfish. It's seen as something dark. But distance, you know how much healing you can do without the crowding of others? You know how much peace you can have when you have space and time to analyze and think? And listen to yourself and breathe? Come on now. If if y'all ain't took a little time lately, baby, tap in. Tap in. I know all about distance. Because on August 15th, 2020, I decided to get in my car and drive 12 and a half hours across the country and move to a whole new state. <laughs> I didn't really discuss it with the people around me. Um, I didn't really discuss it with my family. I told my I told my family like two days before I think. <laughs> it's not funny. It's it's not funny. And thinking about it now is making me a little sad just about my siblings. Like just because my little sister and my little brother was so y'all, they was so mad at me. 
Um, but anyway, I told my family like, yeah, literally like two days before I moved. Um, and when I moved, it was to the, to date, one of the hardest things I have done in my life, not the hardest, but one of the hardest, because when I moved, it was really even more like just me, like what support system, what shoulder to cry on, what chair to lean back on. You know what I mean? Like, huh? And a lot of people to this day don't really know the reason I moved. But since we locked in, y'all, and we family now, we we a, we a family, the adults family, I can tell y'all. Um, I moved because at the time, I felt like I had nothing to live for. I felt like I wasn't living. I was just breathing. I was just surviving, barely. I was just existing. There was like, and I was fed up. So about a week before I moved, um, I had a little situation in my apartment. So y'all, I lived in this little ass studio apartment on the south side. It used to be crackheads on a block. The people in the apartment building used to be smoking cigarettes. Like, it was just bad. My personal apartment wasn't like that. Like, it was very small, but I had my little desk in there. I always had food. I had a comfortable bed. I had all of all my vitamins. <laughs> like, I had basically everything I wanted besides more space. So, on this particular day... I heard like a scratching in the ceiling. Like it was like a rodent in there. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Like, I know you fucking lying. So I tell the, um, I tell the landlord, like, listen, it's something in this wall. And it sounded so close. Like I knew it was finna somehow get into my apartment, y'all. The next day when I'm in there. I see something crawl, a crawl, run, crawl, run across the floor. Y'all, when I say I ran out of the apartment and didn't go back, I ran. I ran to my car and just started crying. Mind y'all, this was about two or three days after my birthday. <laughs> two or three days after my birthday. So I ran to my car just crying like I was crying hysterically because I knew that I was was not going to be living here no more. Just the way I'm set up and how I operate. I knew I would never feel comfortable living in there again. Like it was a dub. And I think that's more why I was crying because it's like, what am I going to do? So I drove to my grandma's house and she like, why are you crying? Why are you crying? I'm like, it was a, like, I can't even get it out. I'm just so hurt. And she like, okay, like, did you tell the man that I, I'm like, yeah, I told him. Like, he was basically saying it's nothing he could do. Like, they can try to catch it, but, but what? Like, nobody ever came to try to catch it, y'all. That never happened. So I'm like, no, like, I can't. I, I can't, I can't. 
I can't live there anymore. So my granny like, okay, well, you can stay here for a little bit, I guess. Like, mind y'all, she lived in this house by herself. Because my granddad had passed away the year before. So she was like saying that I could stay there, but the vibe wasn't given. She wanted me to stay there. That's the first thing. But like I said, I didn't, I didn't really have no space and time to be thinking about all of that. So I think I had ended up going back and moving super quick, like just trying to grab stuff, trying to grab as much stuff as I could because I was scared. And I stayed there for maybe two weeks. I think like two or three weeks. Um, No longer than three, but like two or three weeks. And while I was there... Y'all, I was sleeping in a chair. I was sleeping in this, like, um, what is it called? Like, the a lazy boy is the brand, but that's not the name of it. Oh, a recliner. A recliner. Because she said that I couldn't sleep on the couch in the dining room. Mind y'all, it's five whole couches in this house. But anyway, I couldn't sleep in the couch. I couldn't sleep on the couch in the dining room. Um something I couldn't be in the TV room or the red room because she had like her sewing stuff like it was just a lot so I was dead sleeping on this recliner y'all I was sleeping on the recliner and at the time I was working at Walmart like two to ten while I was trying to get into this program so I was working at Walmart two to ten I would just go to work, come back late, go to sleep, wake up just before it was time to go to work. Like it was just turning into a vicious cycle. Like stuff could have got real bad real quick. And so on top of that, like I was just hearing so much like chatting from the people around me. So mind y'all, while I'm there, I'm clearly trying to find an apartment. And living is expensive. It has always been. And clearly it is way more expensive now. But I was trying to find an apartment super quick. That was tough. If you have gone through the apartment searching process, like, you know, that's a lot. And I was just getting backlash like, oh, that's what you get. Like, you tried to move out of my house so quick. Like, you thought you had it all together. Like, look at you now. Look at you now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do y'all think that's the energy that I needed? Did I need any more negativity in my life at this point? Hell no. But you got to do what you got to do. Like, you got to let stuff that people say go in one ear and out the other. You have to create the distance between you and BS. You have to create the distance between what's coming out of somebody's mouth and what you actually take in the heart. You know what I mean? Because everything that people say about you ain't true. Everything that people say to you, you don't need to listen to. Y'all feel me? And so me and a friend was talking at the time and I was telling her like how I needed to move. I was debating moving to Chicago at one point. I was just like needed to get out. And so she had sent me um she had sent me a job application for a hospital in Atlanta that I really wanted to work at. Um that I was very familiar with because she went to school in Atlanta. So like she knew the area or whatever. 
and I was like, okay, like I'm finna, I'm finna edit this resume. Like I'm finna send it. We're going to see what happens. So I sent it. I ended up getting an interview. And once I got the interview, it was like, <laughs> I guess I'm going like when I tell y'all that it happened just like that, it happened just like that. There was no long thought process. I had scheduled the interview for the following Monday. It was like Wednesday, y'all. It w- I had set the interview for not even seven days away. So it was like, you just got to go. You just got to go. And when I say moving to Georgia was the best thing I could have ever done for myself, it was the best thing. It was the best thing. Because I got a new lease on life. I got a fresh chance. I got away from so much shit that was suffocating me. Like, I, I, I'm not going to get emotional, y'all. But I can't even put into words the difference that moving has made into my life. Now, when I moved, it was hard. I was homeless for a while. I was sleeping in my car for a while. I wasn't eating. I wasn't eating meals for a while. But I still don't regret it. I still don't regret it. Because I needed to go. And when that that thing, that voice, that person, the little angel, that little tickle in the back of your head, the bottom of your throat is telling you, to create some distance, listen. Now, it might not be as drastic as you need to move across the country because I will admit that's a lot. That's a very big step. It could be something as little as limiting the access that people have to you. That's creating distance. It can be as simple as not always volunteering your time and services to things and people that don't deserve it. That can be creating some distance. It can be as simple as, you know what? I think I won't go to that event. Uh, I think I just want to go take myself on a little date instead. I think I just want to stay in the house today. I think I just want to go to the grocery store just because that's what I want to do. And all of those things that I want to do, I don't need to feel bad about. I don't need to feel guilty about. The distance I'm creating, I don't need to feel guilty about. I feel like so many times people dramatize the idea of distance. They feel like they got to make a huge announcement about cutting people off. They feel like they have to make the thing that they're creating distance from aware of the distance. You're wrong. That's not, that's not how it works. That's not how, I won't say that's not how it works. I'll say that's not the point of it. Like you have to do all these things for you, not for other people or it's never going to work. It's never going to work. And I know that creating distance can be something something very difficult so I'm not even gonna try to sit here and play like it's the easiest thing in the world but sometimes it is necessary 
If there is something in your life, if there is someone in your life, if there are places in your life that are inhibiting your growth, but instead adding chaos and stress, those are the perfect candidates for distance. Friends, family, work, social media, the club, certain organizations, or even certain expectations that you find yourself surrounded by. Everything is fair game. Everything is fair game if it's coming between you and your better self. It's as simple as that. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, A Dose of Independence, Part 1. And I hope that you tune in next week for Part 2. I hope that you learned something here today. You got a good laugh or something that I said made you think. And if you have anything that you feel like you can teach me or something that I said made you think of something else, definitely do share it with me. Definitely. Since this is the last time I'm going to speak to you guys before the new year, I want to wish everybody a happy, healthy, and fulfilling New Year's. And I will talk to you guys next week. Make sure you subscribe and you follow us on Instagram at Podcast. And tell all your friends about it. Tell your mom about it. Tell your sister about it. Tell your baby daddy about it. Just tell somebody. Just tell somebody. Bye, guys. Take it away. Take it away. Feeling too good to me. Chilling all day. All in your space.